Lauren, there are chocolates in front of me. I'm so excited. They oh, me look... too, Judd. I'm a chocoholic myself. Well, we are going to dig into this pretty soon. Let me open this. Oh. oh, they smell so good. These aren't just any chocolates. You see this guy sitting across from you? I do. Yeah, he's going to be our guest today. Did he make these? He made these. And, wow. And uh, this is Chef Stephen Durfee, by the way. Welcome. Thank, Thank you for you so joining. Much. Thanks for having me. Uh, professor at the Culinary Institute of America, all about pastry, baking, and renowned chocolatier. So this is quite an honor. Thank you for not only being here today, but for bringing us a little sweet treat. It's a great way to start off the day. I would say yeah. so. Well, we're going we're gonna to get into this show in just a moment. But before we do, Mr. Lauren Mole has a few things he'd like to say, I think. We invite you to enjoy Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at Judd'sHill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. Absolutely. We love having people come by. Whether you are a visitor to Napa Valley or a local, we guarantee a good time. Visiting information, as you said, is at Judd'sHill.com. While you're on that website, you can check out some of our uh, fun videos, you can see uh, photos, the events that we have that are coming up, and you know, you could put a little uh, wine in your shopping cart, some of our delicious small lot production Vino Fino. And what do you think, Lauren? Should we give them a special for being a listener? Just type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, no capitals, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's it. We've got a great one. I'm, I'm, I may be biased, but I really think we have one of the best wine clubs going. We guarantee a great time. We have events. We have special, well, events. <laughs> what was I going to say? Special happenings? Special? You get the picture. There's always something fun going on. We'll plan a little social life uh, that, to include you. And information is online at judshill.com. Anytime, day or night, as Lauren's fond of saying, how often does our website uh, showcase that information? 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 <laughs> days a year. That's right. And, of course, wine club members get an even better deal than the one we described before. You know what? That's enough talk. Let's, uh, let's, get, into, let's get into enjoying some sweet treats, and that includes conversation with our guest, Chef Durfee. Chef, before we begin, is there anything you want to plug? Is there a website? Is there a... Anything folks should know. We'll get into it. We'll get into where folks can find you. you. Give me a look like we'll get into it. So we'll get into it. I can't wait to get into it. Thanks. Thank you. And now, enjoy the show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people. On Judd's Napa Valley Show No stale script and no rehearsing Live from a Napa studio You may be that intriguing person On Judd's Napa Valley Show On Judd's Napa Valley Show Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley Judd's Napa Valley Show I think I made too many New Year's resolutions this year. It took me almost a full day to break them all. <laughs> and now... Live from Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein! Hey, Lauren Mole, what is happening, my friend? It's been a little while. We've been on holiday break. It's great to be back in the studio. Great to see you. What's the latest in the world of Lauren? 
Well, I just recently went to uh, the Napa Valley Museum in Yonville's exhibit of uh, Walt Disney's trains. Oh, wasn't that cool? It was amazing. I loved it because... Actually, Judd, I like trains myself, too. Yeah, yeah. I think we've had that discussion before. It's a very, very well done, engaging, interesting, and fun exhibit. It's like a mini Disneyland in there. In fact, they have a replica of Disneyland in there. It's all about Walt Disney and his trains. Fun for the whole family, really. I mean, anybody who likes trains, anybody who likes Disney, no matter what your age. And uh, it's all right here in our community at Napa Valley Museum. I'm not sure how much longer it's going on, but I would encourage anybody to go check it out. You know what? I agree with you, Judd. Well, thank you very much for that vote of confidence. Uh, Anything else going on? How were the holidays? Oh, for me, holidays were wonderful. Great. Had the family over, (laughs) and we had a nice dinner. Wonderful. That's a nice way. That was Christmas. and It was Christmas. And you'll never guess what I got for Christmas. Well, should I I guess? Was it a, 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 um, a helper monkey? Uh, no. Uh, was it a do-it-yourself uh, lava lamp? No. Uh, I'm not going to get it unless you just tell me or give me a clue. I got a book on learn to draw Toy Story characters. No, I didn't know you were a drawer. Are you into art? And I know you love Toy Story. Right, and I'm, I also like to draw pictures, too. Okay, I've seen a few doodles you've done, it which almost, are great, but I didn't know that you were... Yeah, go ahead. You were about to say something. six years, I've never told you that I'm also an artist myself. No, I mean, I've seen a few doodles you've done here and there. Uh, they're very good, but I didn't know that this was really a, uh, uh, a passion of yours, something you're, something you're going for. Well, sometimes it's a hobby of mine. Okay. Well, that's very cool. Nice. Have you made some progress? I think I, I kind of have. Okay. Perhaps. Well, bring something in for me to see one of these days. Yeah, I'm trying days, to get you? Woody and Jesse down. Well, those are the, those are the biggies. Then get to Mr. Potato Head, and we can give, uh, give the audience my Don Rickle story. Okay. All right. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> so what's been going on with you, Jen? Man, it's been a lot. We, uh, we did an amazing road trip, which I'm not going to get into right now because That's there's fine. just not time. But I want to talk about it. We went to explore California for about two and a half weeks, just on the road, all throughout California, seeing parts we'd never seen. My whole family are California natives, and we realized there's so much to the state we still haven't seen. So we went and did it. It was really fun. Saw places we'd never been. Uh, scratched the surface at some other uh, spots you normally might just drive through and found some very interesting and uh, fun things to do and see. So we'll talk about that another time. That's fine. I just want to let folks know coming up uh, is the renowned Judd's Hill Valentine's Party on Sunday, February 10th. So it's a little pre-Valentine. It's from noon to 2.30 p.m. Of course, it's free to our valued wine club members. If you're not a member, you should be. I uh, guarantee it's uh, a good time, and um, we'll show you plenty of fun with all our good wines. Uh, information for that is at judshill.com. That's coming up. And by the way, the cruise I've been talking about for so long, coming up this spring now, sold out. It's been sold out for a couple months wow. now. So can't plug that, but I can plug next year's wine club cruise, which will be July 9th through 16th, and that's 2020. And you will have to join me. You'll have to suffer, suffer through the Mediterranean Sea. It'll be Barcelona to Rome uh, with lots of delicious and interesting and historical stops in between. If you want more information, it's actually not up on our website at the moment, but it will be very, very soon. 
But if you want to get a head start, the bookings are available. You can get information by calling our friends. I'm sorry, it's hard for me to talk, and I'll tell you why that is in just a second. Our friends at Expedia Cruises North Bay. Don't call the main Expedia.com line. They won't know about it. These are the folks that put together the wine cruises, and it's Expedia Cruise Ship Centers. They're here in Petaluma. 877 is the number, toll-free, 877-651-7447. Something that happened to me over the break, which you have no doubt noticed. I'm smiling. What do you see? I think I see braces. Yeah, it's true. I got braces on my faces. Um, I'm a metal mouth, a brace face, and they're new. Only a week, so I have all the wax on there. So the insides of my lips don't get torn up. Makes it a little difficult to speak. So if anybody is noticing my speech pattern a little different or if I'm slurring words, I'm not drunk yet. It's just the braces and the wax. But hopefully our guest today will do most of the talking. <laughs> I know he's an interesting fella from his background. We're going to get to know him right now. Lauren, would you please do the honor? This guy treads on our kind of turf. See? On waves of flour, butter, and sugar, he does serve. Whee! If you want something flaky and sweet, this is the guy, and it's time to meet world-renowned pastry chef Stephen Durfee. Oh, it's Chef Stephen Durfee. World-renowned pastry chef joining us today, and um, make sure your mic is on there. And uh, I understand you're a bit of a limerick connoisseur and composer yourself. I appreciate a good limerick. That's true. And yeah. that was nothing like a good limerick. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Well, that's Lauren. a great way to that's start an, the morning. That's anyway. an old joke from Mary Poppins. That's an old joke. Yeah. Welcome. It's maybe we can put you on the spot a little later. Maybe later. <laughs> maybe so. Just to let folks know who you are, if they don't already, if they're not already aware of. Uh, how large you loom in our culture of food. I'm just going to give a little bit of your pedigree. You can fill in where necessary. (laughs) But you are Professor of Baking and Pastry Arts here at the Culinary Institute of America. Yes. And among some of the accolades and awards that you've had in the past, let's see, you have been at the World Chocolate Masters Competition. Twice. Twice. The U.S. Pastry Competition once. Okay, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> you were named Pastry Chef of the Year by the James Beard Association. That's, that's true. You represented <laughs> Team USA at the Coupe du Monde. De la, the Coupe du Monde de la Patisserie. Sounds best when you say it in French. I know, right? but I don't say speak French. I wish I did. Me neither. <laughs> uh, say it one more time, please. The Coupe du Monde de la Patisserie. Fabulous. So this is Which like- is coming up in just next week. Um, Are you involved this year? I'm I'm not. not. So I was I was on the team in in 2013, and the uh, the competition comes up every two years, and so the U.S. is sending off our newest pastry team USA, and the competition is just coming up in about ten days. Wow! Did you do any coaching or mentoring? Um, no, no, no. no. Just... So it's a big country, right? And uh, <laughs> and our headquarters is in Chicago. Is where they do their practicing, yeah. and in in the Midwest. So um, I just root from the sidelines oh. as a as a former team member. That is very cool, though. You know, as you say, it's a big country, and the fact that you were on Team USA at one point, representing us at the yeah. World Champion Pastry Competition as the team chocolatier. Uh, the chocolatier, man. Yeah. All right, we're going to get into all this stuff. Okay. I just want folks yeah. to know, like. Who is this guy? Just in case they don't know. And I'm excited. You know, I've kind of known you for some time. You know, we run into each other here and there, but I, yeah. I've never like really sat down and had a 
conversation to get to know you. Well, thanks. I know you're – every time we meet, you're always very friendly and outgoing and personable. You play ukulele. I'm That's, like, okay, this is my kind of guy. We need to sit down. <laughs> and he's involved in pastries and cooking, so we need to talk. All right, so we've talked about your greatness in your field. Where does it all come from? Where is, did you grow up in a cooking family? Uh, is it in your background? Are your uh, folks into this? Like, how, how did this come about? No, I, I like to eat. I think okay. I think well, that's there probably, we go. Probably it as a yeah. as a kid. Um, you know, I grew up in upstate New York. Okay, right? so I, I'm Napa Napa Valley since um, the early '90s, 1990s. But I'm yeah. I'm a New Yorker. Okay, and uh, no, I think I um, I think everybody right has a story about making you know cookies with mom or or whatever. Sure, and, and I'm sure we did that. But um, <laughs> I, mostly, I think I was a, a a fat kid that liked to eat cookies. Oh, <laughs> and so I was really um, I, I you know that. You shed that weight, though. Sweet. I'm looking yeah, at you right not, now. Not, not, I'm not a fat kid anymore. It's hard to believe that <laughs> someone with your, um, you know, svelte figure actually works in the world of butter you and know, sugar. And I, it's it's one of the first comments that you'll get. Um, yeah. It's like, how come you're not ten thousand pounds? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, just like um, people who come to the to a wine tasting, um, you just can't you just can't drink wine all Why day aren't long. You, drunk right? all you just day. can't eat yeah. you know uh, chocolate all day long either. So you have to be really careful about how much you actually eat. You know. Consume. Of course. Portion control. Yeah. Moderation. Okay. So maybe uh, making some cookies at home was the extent, but not too yeah. – weren't diving too deep into no, the – No. But I started um, as, a, as a cook in a re- – actually as a dishwasher. I started as an employee, we'll say, in a restaurant at a pretty young age when I was like 15 or 16. Mm, okay. Um, my, my town is, is a very small town in upstate New, York, New Lebanon, New York. Mm-hmm. So um, right on the, the – in the Berkshires of, uh, near western Massachusetts. Okay. A beautiful area. Um, but but – a small town, and we had though this remarkable um, Japanese restaurant, okay. uh, and um, it was right around the time when there was a a book that had been turned into a mini series called Shogun it was very popular oh, on yeah, TV, of course. Uh, and just Japanese Chamberlain, things, yeah, 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 Japanese things in general were sort of on my radar, and um, I was fortunate to get just get a job. There weren't that many jobs for kids in my <laughs> town, and I got a job as a dishwasher, and and I just became really excited by the action of a restaurant kitchen even as a dishwasher it's still you know it's it's an interesting way to get started yeah. and we and we ate very well just as sort of what they call family meal at, at the end right. of the at the end of the evening and i worked at that restaurant for for oh, five years, I think. Did you work um, your way up? Yeah, from? as a okay. you know an appetizer cook, and then uh, tempura, and spent a whole summer making Ooh. tempura. And, well, I'd like to um, talk to you about that. That's really an art and a skill to develop a, a yeah, good tempura. I, don't, I probably wasn't the most skilled tempura oh. maker. And we're talking about the you know the mid seventies, way before. I mean, nowadays the things that we made at that restaurant you can probably find at Trader Joe's, right? It's just oh, it was so exotic at the time, and now it seems a little bit just um, uh, run of the mill. But uh, it was great for me. It really introduced me um, to restaurant world and just to a love of food and style, style of cooking, and, and a very uh, a wonderful mentor uh, um, in that restaurant that kind of set me off on my career path. Okay, that, that's what I was about to get to. It sounds like whoever it was in charge was training you at each station. Like yes. you went from dishwasher, then you moved to appetizer. That's correct. Then tempura yeah. for the summer or the yeah. year. He had you probably great... had to really hone your skill before you moved to the next. Yeah, he had this great system of, of high – and when the restaurant opened, it was exclusively Japanese uh, cooks. And then over the years, they sort of went on their way, and he had oh. to replace them. And, and so started hiring uh, local um, uh, high schoolers. 
and um, with the, the restaurant will be closed for a couple months in the winter. And then the, the theory is that if you're the high air guy um, on the totem pole, you're eventually going to go away to college. Uh, and so every year you were sort of responsible for finding your own replacement at the bottom, and everybody moved up one rung of the ladder. Okay. Uh, so it, was, it, was, it actually worked uh, quite well. So did and, you get – to the did you get to the stove? Did you get to uh, the- I, yeah, sort of. It was not my um, uh, actually. Actually, um, when, by the time I got to college, I realized I could make more money as a server, and oh, okay. uh, um, and so um, that's uh, it's true even to this day. Some will say, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So I had the experience of working as a server as well, and uh, I think that the hospitality aspect of being a good cook also involves. You know, understanding what happens in the dining room, uh, for sure, and so that was um, that was a really good opportunity for me to kind of see what happens on the other side of the kitchen door. Very interesting, and you bring up a great point. You know, sometimes I think there's a perception, and maybe there's a reality to it too, that the back of the house, the the people in the kitchen are removed from the hospitality front of the house, and I have a very strong belief that everybody should be involved in all aspects, cross training, and, and especially. Yeah the hospitality, at least at the winery. I don't expect our hosts to come in and... Uh, start pressing the grapes. Well, start pressing <laughs> or you know, racking off yeah. barrels or whatever. But I do expect our production crew to have some skill set in hospitality because uh, we always have guests walking through, absolutely. maybe you know, looking around, uh, have questions for the production team, and they've got to be able to interact with them yeah, in yeah, a, that's important. Um, engaging and uh, friendly, personable manner. So good. I'm glad. And, and you now teach hospitality as well. It's not just pastry. Aren't you involved in the hospitality school up there? Um, not well, so much? not really, except I ran that, into you up there. Maybe I just made the Yeah. So I definitely, yeah. I mean, I follow that philosophy of, of um, the students who are going through the cooking program. You know, they're young and they need to have that opportunity to engage with guests and the more opportunities you give them to meet um, the, the public and see um, that cooking is not just a, a, a job but it offers you it's, – it's important to feel like you're you know, part of the whole um, – the whole package, I think, you know, to be yeah. able to welcome guests and, and understand um, the power that you have as a cook to make people happy. And, Absolutely. And so, yeah. Wonderful. I was very heartened to see when I was up at the CIA in St. Helena uh, last month, uh, I was honored in my role as Mr. Hospitality in Napa Valley. I have the sash to prove it. I was wearing it right, that day. With Professor Mercer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. To come speak to the hospitality class up there. Yeah. And more than just a few were in their chef's uh, jackets and pants. And I thought, oh, this is good. They're sure. getting you know, what would traditionally be viewed as back-of-the-house people into a hospitality program. Right. I think it's right. very important. Yeah. It's part of the training. You've got to engage. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Back to you. So – you start off as a teenager, Japanese restaurant, you get the bug for cooking, uh, move into serving. How did you get on this path to pastry greatness? Yeah. So there was, um, you know, when you – I actually went to college to be a, a teacher oh. and I – studied American history and literature, and I spent a couple of years teaching at uh, boarding schools. Um, and, you know, I was pretty young at the time, right out, right out of college. Mm. And uh, the most – probably the most 
enjoyable and natural feeling part of it was was as a dorm uh, parent where you I lived in a dormitory with with other students and I had an apartment and kids would just congregate in the apartment and it's like let's make cookies or let's oh, make a pie oh, or things like okay. that and so it was sort of you know I wasn't that much older than they were but I was the one with the kitchen and so I everybody see. was kind of hang out and and uh, and you know you have your summers off when you're a teacher and so I still needed to make money and so I would invariably find myself um, rejoining some friends back at home as a, working for catering when I uh, when I sort of moved away from uh, from teaching and was sort of imagining what was I gonna what was I gonna do mm-hmm. um, I uh, spent I had the the most unusual collection of sort of summertime jobs I was a breakfast cook at a summer dance festival that hosted some of the top ballet and modern dance and jazz oh. uh, artists in the in the world, so kind of had, out in the wilds of Western Massachusetts. That's quite a responsibility. Um, you have to yeah. come with these meals that start their day with good nutrition and the proper calorie count. And yeah, give them some energy to dance all day. Exactly. Wow. So it was, it was kind of neat because I was the one who was making like um, uh, breakfast in the morning, and then to fill the time, they said, "Hey, make some cake." And you'd be surprised how how many of the ballet dancers. Um, wanted to have a piece of cake in the afternoon, <laughs> and I, and you know that they're sort of sneaking it in. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely a popular person on the staff I'll right bet. then, and I and I think the baking aspect of it was something that really attracted to me. It has sort of a, a scientific um, aspect to it. And when you start off with a book, this is a home cook's cookbook, um, The Joy of Cooking, and, sure. and you want to make blueberry muffins, and the recipe makes 12, and you need to make uh, you know, 200. It's not necessarily just, well, I'm going to multiply everything uh, accordingly and, and get the results you're looking for. So it took yeah. um, you know, a lot of head-scratching to kind of figure things out like that. And, of course, it was long before you could just you know, click on the Internet and figure, you know, here's the recipe right at your fingertips. So you dove in to, to, to solve these mysteries. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. How fun. Yeah. And, and from there, I mean, it, it, you, I mean, you've really made a name for yourself, it would seem, rather quickly. You, you ascended. I, you, I have been very lucky. And yeah. I've been at the right place in the right time m- many times, right? And, well, that doesn't uh, just come from making cake in the dorm and muffins uh, no, at the... No, I... I moved to um, – I had um, this plan in my mind if I was going to go to graduate school, and I, I moved to New York City uh, for um, ostensibly to go to graduate school, and I, I, I wound up taking a job. Now, is this grad school to continue your teaching, That's, or this is that to... was the That was the plan. Okay, was the so plan. this is not mm-hmm. food-related. Yeah, no, I okay. was going to go on to study American history and, mm. and be a teacher. My parents were both teachers, and I, okay. I grew up at a boarding school, and I, I liked that. Uh, that life, it was fun and sports and things that go on at school. Sure. And so um, as, as a, a, a young guy uh, moving to New York City and, and thinking about going to school, I needed to find a job. Mm-hmm. And the job that I found um, was actually as a private chef for a family oh. um, cooking their meals every every night. Um, and it left my days open for finding other work and evenings. Um, it, they were um, lovely people that I worked for in a small family, and, and, and they didn't have um, uh, very demanding um, uh, taste, you would say. Okay. And so it was just like a family meal for them, family dinner. And uh, I and got just to, dinners. Just dinner. Just okay. dinner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the days were open, and um, – 
and and looking for something to fill the time during the day and kind of pouring over the want ads in the New York Times, I, I discovered something that was uh, um, the perfect job that meets only in the morning um, and would get you out in time to go and cook dinner for the family, and that is a bread baker. Oh, and, okay, and so yeah. I had had uh, very limited baking experience at that point, but I um, bought a book. Um, bought a book by James Beard, as a matter oh. of fact, uh, and uh, sort of poured over it on the subway on my way to an interview and uh, I cobbled together a list of some key terms that I was able to pepper my, com- <laughs> my conversation with and convince the people on the other end that I knew something about bread baking, and, and they hired, hired me to bake, to bake bread. And this is at a bakery? or this <laughs> it, was at, it was at a restaurant. A, rel- a restaurant. A restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and um, must have gone well for you. Well, it was okay. I think before long they realized that I didn't really know much about bread and had kind of <laughs> uh, talked a big game. Um, but I was there. I was already there. And yeah. uh, I think they had invested some time in my training by that point. And um, actually, that was when I say I was in the right place at the right time, the chef of that restaurant had a good friend who um, he, he, the, the, the chef community, like the wine community, is you know is pretty small, mm-hmm. and everybody um, knows each other. And so he introduced me. Introducing is a is a kind way of saying. He says, you know, get the, the heck out of here and go over there and learn how to bake bread. And I'm giving you until Tuesday, um, right. and and set me up with with one of the top bread bakers in uh, in New York City, who um, everybody knows her name now, Amy Sherber of Amy's Breads at the time. Oh, I've she, heard of Amy's yeah. Breads. Yeah, that, that <laughs> She's Amy, like huh? legendary in okay, New York. Yeah. But she was working at a restaurant for a, an otherwise um, sort of a, a cook who was not um, a, 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 a name everybody knew at the time, which is Tom Colicchio. Sure. Um, Tom Colicchio now is one of the most famous chefs yeah. in, the, in the world. And at the time, he was um, on the on the way up. But, but the two of them <laughs> were working at this one little restaurant, and, and uh, she kind of and you were sent to them sent to, to study. Them. Yeah, figure out how to make some bread. Wow, you know, fast. Yeah. That must have been a good little uh, educational experience. Right? Yes, and uh, and I made the, the most of, of that limited time that we had together. Just it was a sort of a, a mind shift, um, but also. Like I said, it's it when you when you meet somebody who is as passionate and talented as as they were, and you ask the right questions, mm. they'll say, "Well, you should also go and spend some time with this person and with that person." And and uh, the the just connections uh, of knowing people and having them willing to to help, I think, has made a huge impact on my career. And and so I. I try to live that same life now and help other people with those same types of connections. It's fantastic. Thank you for that. On behalf of food-loving community, thank you for being an enthusiastic teacher and, and sharing what you've gleaned. We have to take a quick break. Sure. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you got to Napa Valley, what you're up to these days, and all kinds of good stuff. Right. This is, uh, by the way, Chef Stephen Durfee. Uh, world's greatest pastry chef. You're laughing, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it. it's my show. I'm just going to say it. And but uh, the professor, greatest show pastry chef ever to be here in the studio. <laughs> Indeed, you are the. Pro- pro- uh, I'm tongue tied now. Take your time. Thank you. Well, Thank I'm just so excited. Professor of baking and pastry arts at the Culinary Institute of America, among many other accolades. Glad to have you here. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. 
Listening to 1440 KVON, the voice of Napa Valley. Now, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thanks, Lauren Mole. Our guest today is Chef Stephen Durfee. You are the professor, the, with two E's and a capital T, professor of baking. <laughs> and, and it rhymes ba- with P and it stands for pool. <laughs> I think I missed that one. What is that from? Music Man. Oh, of course. Yeah, and there's got trouble right here in River City. Thank you. I am slow today. I need to sugar up or get a little caffeine. Anyway, you are the professor of baking and pastry arts at the Culinary Institute of America, and you've brought a little something. Uh, normally, we give something away. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I might get a little uh, selfish here. I'll tell you what. I'll have some here. If somebody wants to drop by the winery, I'll bring them back there to the tasting room if there's any left by the time we leave the studio today. You brought us some chocolates, and uh, beyond chocolate, you are... I mean, beyond pastry, which you're very well known for, you're also a famed chocolatier, and that's what you—that was your main purpose, I think, at the Coupe de Monde. That's correct. Patisserie yeah. Yeah. in France. So, what an honor to have you bring us some of these chocolates. Well, thanks. You know, so at the in, in my current job, right? I'm, I'm a professor at the Culinary Institute of America at Greystone. Don't so mind you know, me. I'm just opening these up. Yeah, and sure. Smelling, <laughs> sticking my nose in there. Go ahead. You know, this, the CIA mm. has its, its headquarters in uh, Hudson Valley of, um, in Hyde Park, New York, and our campus here, uh, Greystone Campus in St. Helena, is considerably smaller. But we teach the exact same program, mm-hmm. and I am fortunate to be able to teach the um, chocolate and confections class. And so I brought you some of the chocolates that we made in class just a couple of days ago. Wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I hesitate to put one in my mouth now because with the, the braces sure. I've got on yeah. my teeth, that just might all get yeah. stuck and then I'll never be able to speak. It's hard yeah. enough right now. Well, thank you. That is exciting. I, I can't wait to pop one in. How, how did you get to Napa Valley? Yeah. So I, I, I mentioned you know being at the right place at the right time and um, uh, how meeting you know, great people along the way has been really, really instrumental. Um, and so for sure, in uh, I'm going to say it was 1992 um, when I met uh, Chef Thomas Keller, um, who was doing I've heard a, of him. Yeah, yeah at the, uh, doing a dinner at the James Beard House um, in New York City and needed some help uh, in preparing a dessert. And, and so I just um, was fortunate that I was asked to <laughs> help out with that and got to meet yeah. uh, Chef Keller. And um, a couple of years later, when he w- was opening the French Laundry, he called and said, hey, we need some cooks um, here in the Napa Valley. And uh, we were very cold um, living on the East Coast. And uh, uh, California sounded like a great place to go. <laughs> and so I got to move here in uh, 1994 to uh, be part of the team that opened up the French Laundry restaurant. Part of the team, some might call you the executive pastry chef at the French Laundry. Uh, I became the executive okay. pastry chef at the French Laundry. Okay. Yeah, at the time, Let's not I gloss was, over uh, that. I was, yeah, I was um, uh, working um, on a different station, but um, was was grateful when the opportunity arose down the road that I um, became the pastry chef and uh, definitely found my my niche. Um, Looks good on a resume. It does. Yeah, yeah. thank you very no, much. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And I believe you may have been there when this is – okay, this is now 20 years ago. Was this 1998? Would you have been – you would have been the pastry chef there, yes? That's correct, yeah. Okay. I had the opportunity to take my girlfriend to dinner Okay, at the French Laundry. It was quite an experience, one neither of us has ever forgotten. 
And now that woman is my wife hey. and the mother of my children, <laughs> and it's all due to the dessert that we enjoyed oh, right. that night. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. here. I brought you in to say thank you oh, yeah. for uh, changing my life for the oh, good great, with your delicious <laughs> sweet treats that yeah. we had that night yeah. in October of 1998. I remember it vividly. All right. Very cool. As a professor, I mean, you've got all these uh, malleable minds mm -hmm. in front of you. Is there... Is there kind of, I mean, you can teach technique. I know you can teach technique to most people. Like, that's kind of cut and dry. And I think about that at the winery, too, when I'm hiring for hosts, especially, you know, the wine educators that greet people and show them a good time. I can teach them everything they need to know about Judd's Hill. But there's a philosophy that I need to impart about, in this case, hospitality. And they kind of have to have a little bent originally to absorb it but then it's up to me to to um in imbue them with this a familial feeling that of the culture that i want to have at judd's hill what is it that you try to impart with your students as they go off into the world of uh cooking and especially uh i would guess pastry and baking yeah you know that's a i mean that's a really important question um so i've been teaching at uh at the Greystone campus for 18 years, and um, over that time, have taught you know many different courses within the program, from desserts, um, restaurant style desserts, which is for, of course my my background and and what I had was best known for, and and it's just over the last several years when I've sort of um, become so much more fascinated with chocolate and kind of made that my area of specialty. Mm. And you know, so so I know that that I of course have evolved as a as a chef and has evolved as a teacher too. And I would guess that the most important aspect is is to understand, huh? You know, just to try to create an environment that that's um, that's. Uh, uh, it's most – well, we were talking about this button here where it says uh, be kind. Yeah. And I think it's trying to create an environment that's kind um, and to uh, to help people. Um, obviously, they're there to learn a skill, um, but to try to create an environment that um, we have we have all different kinds of students who come to school with different mm -hmm. backgrounds and different skill levels and different expectations and um, with different uh, um, you know career goals in mind. Yeah. And, and so we're trying to help everyone um, by – Providing the 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 most opportunity um, to to uh, um, overcome the the obstacles that might be in their way, so that they Great. can be successful. Wonderful, and I, I like that you worked. Be kind to that because I just yeah. know uh, kitchens have a reputation anyway of not always yeah. being the kindest. And places. I have to say, I I was not. I've not always been the kindest uh, one as the instructor too. And um, uh, I think you know coming out of a kitchen and. Uh, you have you know it's it's stressful and you're always working really hard and you might you know there's a yelling to go on back and forth um, mm. that was not the the that was not the way that I wanted to be and it's not the way necessarily that my mentors behave either I'm not saying that I learned that technique from you know by working in in uh, fancy restaurants it's just you know what people have this sort of um, expectation and it's and it's just not the the best way right well, you certainly yeah. learn by the example that's set exactly. by your predecessors yeah, yeah, yeah. which brings me would you like to share your chocolate shallot story <laughs> wow uh, uh i didn't know my chocolate shallot story i uh was we do a little homework around uh, here we do a little yeah. homework yeah 
Well, that I, was quite a long time you ago. You don't have to share no, it. I, it no, made me laugh. it's a funny story, for sure. Okay. And I actually share it with students on, on occasion. Um, <laughs> Speaking as, of being uh, kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, many years ago, in when I lived in New York, I was uh, working in, in, a, in a restaurant. It was a, quite, a, quite a nice restaurant, but small. And um, I was only there during the day. I was the pastry chef there during the day. And, <laughs> and uh, a guy who worked um, actually as the dishwasher was uh, plating up and serving the desserts. It was um, a smaller restaurant, and so they were multitasking. And he uh, um, was was not um, English was not his first language, and so I uh, um, will preface this by uh, saying I had a, a friend who is the, the the morning prep cook who I worked side by side with uh, every day, and we were pretty close friends. And he was coming in for dinner, and it was just around the time when I had learned how to make chocolates, and uh, I was really excited about it, and had bought my first molds and was making chocolates and wanting to serve them at the restaurant, but hadn't really built up enough skill. But when my good friend was his girlfriend in uh, for dinner, um, I thought, well, I'll make some chocolates for him because he might even been proposing. I'm not sure. But oh. in any case, it was coming in for a romantic evening. Okay. And so I made this really lovely plate of, of different types of chocolates. And then I, I t- as a joke, I... I took a shallot from the shallot bin. You know, it's a big, fat, uh, uh, I mean, gigantic, yeah. and dipped it in chocolate and rolled nice it in cocoa powder. pungent, yes. oniony yeah. and, root. <laughs> and, you know, anyone would know from looking at it that there are these really pretty chocolates and then, then this enormous uh, thing in the middle that looked like a giant chocolate truffle, but it would you know, three or four times the size that a chocolate truffle <laughs> should be in the center of the, of the plate. Oh, and no. I explained very carefully to my colleague, this is for John and um, – Solamente for John. Right, you know? Nobody else and, gets this. And then I left. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that course that evening, it didn't go according to my plan. And uh, there was a guest who came to the restaurant and had something go wrong. And, uh, um, you know, the dish that they ordered wasn't there liking and they complained about it and then they complained about something else and then the service was wrong and and they just complained about many things and so the kitchen staff had this great idea to sort of uh, try to smooth things over with this difficult guest um we'll give them this plate of chocolates and so lo and behold what do you think is the first thing that they bit into was this (laughs) this uh, already disgruntled yeah yeah yeah. so you know i ended up having to write a letter of apology (laughs) and uh, uh yeah i thought i was gonna um, I was I was grateful that I didn't lose my job actually over that, yeah. but um, what 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 was supposed to be funny turned out to be um, backfired. It's that, <laughs> it's that fine line yeah. between comedy and tragedy. Yeah, and, and, but you're it's funny but, in retrospect. Okay. It wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we can laugh at it now. Yeah. And I want to hear about your. You've kind of coined a term called flip desserts. You want to talk about yeah. that a little bit? I think that's yeah. kind of a cool concept. Yeah. So this is a a, a, prod, a, a concept that that we developed at the at the CIA, um, specifically dealing with health and wellness. And um, uh, over the years, uh, we have hosted numerous con- uh, uh, conferences and bringing in um, some of the greatest chefs from around the world, each time with a theme. And so themes might be um, uh, specific to a country, like this conference is going to be it's about Spanish food or Mexican food, or this year it's going to be about cooking over an open fire or modern techniques and, and innovation. Uh, and and um, over the years, many times we have kind of uh, focused specifically on health and wellness. Mm. And so that's not something that that um, that oftentimes is associated with desserts. Uh, uh, 
unless you're talking about like eating a piece of fruit uh, for dessert. And so we really challenged some of our, our guest chefs who are coming to think uh, mindfully about uh, the food that we're going to be serving um, uh, and, and including the dessert. And so the the concept of the flip dessert or the pastry flip is that if you if you and we'll use this one example it's so it's typical to go to um, a restaurant and find a dessert say like a piece of cheesecake um, garnished with a strawberry um, yeah and uh, it's rich and indulgent and everybody loves it mm-hmm. um, it it's maybe a little bit heavy and not the best way to um, to uh, treat your body um, and so if you just examine the components of that dessert and literally flip them and put the emphasis on the the more healthful aspect of it, you can serve a bowl of fresh strawberries that you might go to the Napa Farmer's Market in the summertime and get from one of our local farmers and uh, and garnish that bowl of strawberries with some cheesecake. So literally flip the components around so that you can still, um, you don't have to totally eliminate the indulgent part, but sort of leverage that indulgent part um, so that you, uh, you you still get to enjoy a wonderful dessert, but with a focus more on the healthful parts. It's a great way to think about it. Um, I certainly have been trying to watch my sugar intake lately and uh, could go for a dessert like that. Sounds yeah, delightful. I don't, I don't want to teach myself out of a job necessarily <laughs> and tell, you know, that, that oh. we don't want, we want to avoid desserts. We want to, we want to still enjoy desserts, but, but buy like them that. more carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. You know, so you do professional education. Uh, up at the CIA, they definitely do, you know, consumer level, kind of anybody can sign up for certain uh, classes. Do you, do you get involved in that? Do you teach any of those? Yeah. So, you know, in the last couple of years, we actually um, have moved in and absorbed the, the uh, campus that was formerly known as Copia. Mm-hmm. And so now the CIA has a second campus right here in the town of Napa. And Copia, yeah. I'd say, is, um, is beautiful. Um, and the idea um, is because we had so much going on at Greystone that we were just bursting at the seams. Mm. And so now Greystone is... Um, pretty much exclusively for professional uh, training for uh, students who who are uh, there for a degree program. And all of the avocational courses for cooking enthusiasts is going to be at the Copia uh, campus. Um, And they have built some extraordinary kitchens there on the second floor. Um, The the new museum, the Chuck Williams um, uh, Museum there on the second floor features these um, antique uh, cookware and bakeware that was part of uh, Chuck Williams' private collection mm. from Williams Sonoma, yes. it's extraordinary. I, I hadn't. I I just went there a week or so myself, and I I I had no idea. I had no idea <laughs> what that that we what what it was. And then I walked in, and I was just. I mean, it, you could be there for hours. It's it's, it's really, really it's a museum piece, and anybody yeah. who's into food great should restaurant check it out. there on the first floor, and and a, and a and a nice uh, store. Now well. that's all well and good, but yeah. you you're the star of the show. Yeah. So. Are, can, can the <laughs> okay. the common peon like me who's yeah. not on a professional course have an opportunity to learn from you, world's greatest mm, baker and pastry well, chef? Well, uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment. Uh, not at the moment, but um, I always encourage guests to come. My kitchen is on the ground floor right behind the, the store um, at the Greystone campus. Up in and, St. Helena. Yeah, and yeah. we have glassed-in kitchen. So we have a lot of people who come and they uh, look, and look at you. in. Look tap in. Tap on the glass. And they tap on the glass, yeah. and we open up the door, and we give them chocolate. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> so, there's your tip. Yeah. Now, there is an opportunity for folks to study with you. It's not it's not live and in person, but there's a video series a video that series. it's available yeah. on Amazon Prime Video even. Yes. And it is called The Everyday Gourmet uh, Baking Pastries 
and desserts. Yeah, and it's you. Yeah, it's me. It's through yeah. the uh, a group called the Great Sh- uh, the Great Courses, the Great Courses, and in the the Great Courses series, which you know advertises in. Um, you know, magazines, The New Yorker and Atlantic Monthly and, and Harper's and those uh, types of magazines, they have courses in, in, um, from college professors all around the country, and they're great. So if you want to take a course and learn about, you know, art history or you want to learn science or you can learn anything through that video series. And, and, uh, and so uh, about five years ago, I shot a series of five um, five. Uh, videos for mm-hmm. them, and it covers all the basics of baking and pastry, and uh, I'm I'm really proud of it. I think it, it came out really well. It looks great. I haven't um, g- given it a deep dive yet, but I did get on Amazon and saw it was there, and there's uh, several different subjects. You'll learn how to bake different things and cook different things. Yeah. It looks great, and not outrageously priced for a no. course with a no. professional pretty, such as it, yourself. Yeah, yeah. It comes out to like a bucket change per, per episode, per episode. Or so, if yeah. you get the whole season. Yeah. Here's a question I want to ask you. Um, oh, and also cooking videos on YouTube. You've got some on there. I watched one just yesterday of you uh, making a strawberry rhubarb uh, shortcake. Yeah. So the CIA has over the years done um, some videos, and I haven't done that lately. But there are a few there, things though. out there, and there that's are a few free. Things out there. Yeah. Just look yeah. up Stephen Durfee, and you can right. cook away, and make some strawberry shortbread, yeah. which looked beautiful, by the way. And Thanks. I learned about not. Rerolling the scraps. The high crust scraps. Yeah. Exactly. See, I don't know anything, yeah. but yeah. I learn, I watch, I, I absorb, Thanks. I love it. Um, this might seem like a question with an obvious answer, but I don't know that anybody's ever asked you. So I hope that you'll be okay and just, you know, be honest, whatever, you know, the, the answer is just let it flow. Do you go nuts for donuts? <laughs> you know, there's a, a famous dish at the French Laundry, uh, which is uh, coffee and donuts. Yeah. And, um, uh, I got a lot of, uh, of credit uh, for donut, um, uh, and I'm a fan for sure. And Great. Wow, so, you have so, a box of donuts. Yeah, I got a pink box right there. If you wouldn't mind uh, selecting one of those donuts. You know, um, I sing in the choir at yeah. St. Mary's Church. Uh, a Napa legend, Travis Rogers, who is the choir director at Napa sure. High School for yeah, 38 absolutely. years. Lauren is pumping Lauren's his fist. One of his, yeah, with one him. of his alums um, has recently mm-hmm. retired. But I get the benefit of still singing under his direction mm-hmm. um, uh, every week. And he routinely brings us uh, donuts to the choir. And we get to do our morning rehearsal on yes. Sunday. And in between there and, and church, uh, get some donuts. And I have to say, um, yeah, this is a pretty – fancy box of donuts and i'm going for that one right there which one is that that's what? the glazed original uh, no yeah Come on. yeah i love that lauren is excited lauren is excited because well into the 90th percentile of guests on the show choose the maple old fashioned as you right? just have yeah the coconut uh, is a i like as well but that's my style right okay there. good yeah. uh, and i'm not even going to fo- ask you any follow-up questions <laughs> about donuts well maybe i will because i think we're going to do the next thing as extra podcast content so we can hang for just a minute. Okay. I was just very curious. I'm a donut fan myself. Okay. That particular one is my favorite. That, butter that cream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. The, the maple old fashioned. Yeah, it's an old. Do you, how should I phrase this? I'll put it this way. This road trip uh, I just took up and down California mm. made a point to stop at almost every donut shop we saw. Yeah. Once we got into the Los Angeles area, it was tough because there's a lot, but a lot I looked up shops. at some of the renowned ones yeah. and we really made a survey of the donuts in Northern, Central, and Southern California. Okay. I'm here to say today, in front of Lauren Mole and Chef Stephen Durfee, renowned pastry and chef and baker, that Napa Valley 
has some of the best donuts to be had anywhere. That's fantastic. Buttercream Bakery. Yeah. That maple old-fashioned is a delight. Happy's over here on Amola in the River Park Center. Their chocolate old-fashioned, I think, is something else. And now I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on a limb, and some locals may not be happy. You know, this is Judd's Napa Valley show, but I'm about to go out of the area and claim, claim a prize for somebody else. The famous Randy's Donuts in Los Angeles. You see it in all the guidebooks, the gigantic donut on top of the place off the 405 near LAX on Manchester. Very good donuts, but they're apple fritter. Uh-huh. Maybe uh-huh. the apple fritter of okay. all apple fritters, especially when it's warm. This weekend, and uh, are you? Yeah, are you flying in? I'm flying in to LAX. That's the plan. You'll be near there. All right. Just look for the giant donut. I think it's the inspiration for the uh, what's it called, Lard Lad on The Simpsons, as the giant okay. donut on top. <laughs> yeah, the apple fritter. If it's warm out of the uh, oven, okay. I mean, wow. All right. But all rest right. assured, Napa Valley people, that the other donuts right here in our community are some of the best you'll find anywhere. Nice. And you can take that to the bank. We've run out of time for our little game, but don't despair. We are, we're going to hang out, and we're going to do it as extra podcast content. So you can look for this episode, listeners, uh, on the Apple iTunes store uh, very soon, and you'll, you'll hear uh, a little game that I think you all know what we're about to do. Yeah, In the meantime, our chef has been... Chef Stephen Durfee. Oh, you brought something to give away. Did, we didn't yeah, get to that. Okay, yeah. well, we're gonna, we'll get to that in the podcast. We'll figure that out. I'm okay. sorry. Chef Stephen Durfee, professor of baking and pastry arts at the Culinary Institute of America. You can see him up there behind the glass, which is behind the store at the CIA. You can see him on Sundays singing with the choir at St. Mary's. You can see him walking his dog at Alston Park. You can see him tinkering on his vintage Peugeot bicycle somewhere <laughs> in his garage. Um, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. You can see you strumming your ukulele at the next Yucapalooza at Oxbow, I hope. We didn't even get to talk about ukuleles and our mutual appreciation for that. But time goes too quickly on these things. Come back. We'll talk some more. Yeah, Thanks for having me. There's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. And thank you, Lauren. Good to see you. You do, been It's been a little while, and it's lovely to be back together again. It is. And now, some exclusive Judd's Napa Valley Show podcast content. We ran out of time. We were having so much fun on the live version of the uh, broadcast that uh, we're going to play our little game as extra podcast content. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Lib. That's right. It's everyone's favorite <laughs> no, <brother>. fill-in-the-blank. <laughs> You're nervous already. It's our fill-in-the-blank word game yeah. playing today with Chef Stephen Durfee. You know how this game goes. You've got a couple of boys, right? You've probably played yes. as a kid. Yes. With, or maybe you played as a kid, too. It's yes. been around a while. Yes, you look, indeed. You I look nervous. Have. Don't be scared. <laughs> no, this is going to be fun. Don't yeah. worry about this. Yeah. You know what to do. I'm going to ask yeah. you for a part of speech. We're going to fill in the blanks. We're going to okay. read a story back. Okay. I feel like I'm driving on my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't worry. I'm going to turn your mic up just a touch. All right. The first thing I need is a plural noun. Uh, Bananas. Bananas. Okay. That's always fun. How about a year? Any year from history? Um, 1492. 1492. All right. Okay. Now, you can open your mind for this next one. This is a geographic location, anywhere on Earth, outer space, make it up, as long as it denotes a place. Yeah. Um, The... 
wilds of darkest Peru. Ooh. Have you traveled down there? No. Or just the light parts? was in Ecuador last year. Oh. I'm heading back there actually in April. Oh, uh, see, so uh, much to talk about. Cho- cho- chocolate, chocolate adventure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Do, well, look, come back. And we'll okay. talk about that. I want to hear <laughs> okay, about this. All right. all right. An adjective. Uh, goofy. 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 All right. Another adjective. Um, extra medium. <laughs> Is that how you order yeah. your... Uh, that's, my, that's my size. Your size. Okay. It's not your stakes. All right. No. A number. Any kind of number. Um, billion. A couple, couple billion. A couple billion. A couple billion. <laughs> okay. I like that. I didn't say it had to be an exact number. <laughs> a noun. In this case, a thing of some sort. A dog. Stinky, a stinky dog. Stinky old dog. <laughs> you are good at this. I like throwing in the extra adjective. Stinky old dog. All right. We're getting there. Uh, let's see. A plural noun. Um, More than one thing. Yeah. A couple of uh, teenage boys. <laughs> you have experience? Yes. You have a couple of yourself? I have a couple. Okay, good. All right. A couple of teenage boys. Another plural noun. N- Nerf guns. Nerf guns. I'm thinking, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I see <laughs> what, my own house. <laughs> yeah. I, I see what world you live in. How about the name of a person in this very room? Lauren. Lauren Mole. Lauren Mole. Okay. And finally, an adjective. Really, really, really loud. Really, really, really loud. I got it. Okay. Uh, Chef Stephen Durfee, professor of baking and pastry arts at the Culinary Institute of America. Chocolatier on Team USA and so many other. James Beard award-winning greatest pastry chef in the country. Earlier today, I went online and did a little research and found an article written about you prepping for the Coupe de Monde patisserie. (laughs) Um, Your preparations for going to France to compete for Team USA. Uh, This is back in April of 2012 in the Napa Valley Register. With apologies to... uh, the writer of this article, Sasha Paulson, and former guest here. You've just rewritten it. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Here we go. For months, Stephen Durfee has been working in a back room at the CIA on a top-secret project. His objective, world domination. His weapon, bananas. (laughs) That's good. He said he first became interested in competitions in 1492 when he was watching a pastry chef's event in the wilds of darkest Peru. <laughs> now, here's, you can laugh. I mean, you're, I like, I appreciate that you're smiling, but the audience can't hear that. Okay, okay you're, you're allowed. If you don't like it, at least just no, give, you know, give me like, come on. I remember this article. <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, you're allowed to not like okay. it too, but just give me something. Okay, here's your quote. Okay, uh, this is you speaking. It was so goofy and extra medium, he said, <laughs> that he went on to compete in a couple billion subsequent competitions to hone his skills as a chocolatier. He was aiming for the ultimate competition, 
the Coop du Stinky Old Dog. <laughs> Did you win that Coop du Stinky Old Dog? Is that... Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I win that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, displayed proudly over your uh, uh, chocolate mold uh, cabinet. I don't know. Okay. Um, we're fast forwarding here. chocolate cabinet. <laughs> uh, this, we didn't talk about this, but you prepped for this at a competition in Michigan. So it's referring to that. Okay. Right. Oh, we didn't. Well, we'll get into that in a second. His win in Michigan, he noted, was really the result of a team effort with strong backing from some teenage boys and a couple Nerf guns and managing director of the CIA at Greystone, Lauren Mole. Nice. That was your support team. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Got okay. it. All right. And now here is your quote. So you were saying that they all deserved it with you. They were your support yes, team. Yes, but yeah. your quote. I'm just the really, really, really loud one who gets to wear the medal. Congratulations. <laughs> <That's about right. laughs> but you didn't wear it today. You should be uh, wearing that around. Yeah. Like yeah. my Mr. Hospitality sash. I should be wearing that <laughs> I, around. I, um, I did wa- win a James Beard Award. It's a big, fat medal. Yeah. Uh, that obviously not what we're talking about right there. But um, mm-hmm. And then casually wore that uh, as I um, went through the – the TSA area at the at the airport, and oh, so yeah? it set off a big alarm. Like, bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> well, you must be wearing something metal, and I was like, "Well, I wonder what that is." You yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's my <laughs> James Beard, Beard Award, Award. <laughs> and showing it off. Not bad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Something I read about you on this uh, preliminary competition that you won, which I guess that's what got you the spot on yeah. Team USA. Yes. yes. You the um, let's see if I get this right. The theme you had to deal with was communication. That's correct. And you chose – you could have gone anywhere, but yeah. you chose – Batman. And, uh, yes. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you chose how Batman communicates with uh, yeah, was, Commissioner Gordon and so on and so on. It was definitely a stretch. Yeah. Um, and yet uh, the the, uh, the theme of um, – pastry competitions frequently have a theme mm-hmm. and – um, and it's and and then you uh, make um, centerpieces and desserts and whatnot that um, are your response to that theme. And communication is just a, a dull, super dull as, it's as very a broad theme. Too. Well, yeah, yeah, um, as a theme to represent in pastry. And so um, it was really uh, just one of those inspiring things. I was sitting at my my desk at home, and the light. Um, we have a, a skylight in the kitchen, and the sun came from behind a cloud and shone through the the skylight mm-hmm. onto the table, and it and it was just um, it illuminated something on the table. And I thought, oh, you know, that reminds me of, uh, of the way that that the bat signal shown up in the sky and just illuminate something. And, hey, that's communication. And and so once I determined, you know, Batman is something everybody recognizes and it's exciting and colorful and there's thing, you know, a lot of iconic imagery associated with sure. that. Um, I can sort of uh, uh, massage that idea into representing, you know, com- Communication and and uh, and so it, it worked. It worked really well. And, oh, I mean, you won. Convinced. So yeah, I won. Right. What, what, what yeah. did you depict though? What, what did it look uh, so like? So I had a centerpiece that had a car, you know, the race car, the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and a Batman mask. And the mask just came from like a Halloween store. It's a plastic mask, and you just paint it with a paintbrush with chocolate until you build up a layer that you has enough durability you can pull it away from the mask and it exists by oh. something spray paint it black and um but the the real um the part that i was most proud of was a cake i made a cake that it was a um it was a ring shape like a donut shaped cake in in a way and and it was hollow in the center and then supported this telephone um that would be 
the phone that uh, and it was a chocolate telephone. I mean, an old fashioned looking telephone that um, was very uh, realistic in appearance. Sprayed red, they were pa- painted red, sure. like the, the commissioners. Yeah, the hotline, and and it sat on on what looked like a little wooden table that was actually the cake. But with every slice of the cake, um, there was this yellow uh, bat signal that, that depicted you know the. The, the Batman image, like the insignia, the, exactly. the silhouette of the bat inside the inside the cake. That was baked in the cake. It was and every slice. It was actually, on it? Yeah, it was. It was not baked in the cake, but oh. it was assembled in the cake as a layer of oh. of a lemon custard oh, I see. that was wow. yellow and lemon custard. And I and um, one of my former students um, is uh, an as an artist um, uh, who uh, worked with uh, sandblasting, but also with silicone. And um, her husband was a computer graphics designer and. The two of them, uh, after you know my inquiry, were able to design and build this mold for me that you could make this little lemon custard in a silicone mold, freeze it, and unmold it, and then put it into the cake so that when you're assembling the, the cake, it was sort of hidden in the center. Wow. Um, and then with every slice, um, and it was a total surprise. So, so the judges weren't really expecting that, and they cut into it and like, wow, there's this big sure. thing right in the center. Yeah, it was really That is really wow cool. factor. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks. That's, Thanks. Uh, there's photos somewhere. So There, there are. Some, Maybe some, even I'm, in that article in the register. I, I didn't yeah. see photos of yeah. that. There was a nice photo of you, uh, but I'll, maybe I'll send you a note and see if I can. Sure. I would love to check that out. Now, I'm curious, not to drag this on any longer, but we talked about hospitality, yeah. front of house, back of house. And something that um, you know occurs to me is, you know, the the kitchen, they they put their all into creating these you know, beautiful and delicious uh tasting and appearing uh, dishes. Then it gets passed on to somebody else to then present which can create a bit of a disconnect, I would imagine. Mm. Are there – again, what's a good way? Are there um, – what do you feel about that? Would you would you like to have the direct feedback? Do you prefer to have that buffer? Are there some um, – do you have – yeah, I guess that's it. Would, would you like to be a little more present as somebody who's usually in the back and not facing the – the diner, or maybe you, think, maybe you are. I don't yeah, know. I think it's nice as a cook to know that the guests appreciate what you're doing for sure. And uh, um, you, you know, once um, in a while, a guest comes back to the kitchen or sends you a note or or uh, whatnot. The satisfaction of of cooking, of just the joy of cooking, mm. I think, is what drives a lot of chefs. And also, um, for for sure, the appreciation of your peers. Yeah. And so even within the uh, – I've been fortunate to work in some really great restaurants with some amazing uh, cooks and great friends. And having them support each other, having us all support each other um, and know that what we're doing is good work is uh, probably the best feeling. And and. And I really and bring that into my classroom and the way that we evaluate each other's work and the way that we provide um, feedback and, and the method by which we provide feedback and the structure, um, I think, um, helps the students to really um, develop confidence in the work that they're doing. And then, yeah, it's always nice to have um, the recipient be uh, show their appreciation for the work that you do. But at least by the time we're giving something to a guest, I think we're confident uh, in that we know that we're doing a good job. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Just something that was on my mind. Yeah. Well, again, Chef, thank you very much for being here. It's thank been you. a pleasure. And now, sir, would you please sign off for us? 
This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.